So welcome to another edition of the Before Skynet podcast. But in this show, it's just going to be me speaking to you, sharing my information, knowledge, and hopefully you do the same in the chat. So today, how powerful is AI? This is the Before Skynet podcast. So we always talk about tech. And right now, one of the hottest things on people's lips and in people's minds is chat GPT and Bing GPT, the chatbots that are coming out of open AI. So when we think about AI and we think about chat GPT and all the other models that are out there, we think of it as something that is um, coming up in the future. As many of us have probably tested the platform so far and many of us haven't. So if you don't know, get to know. So in day to day, how and when do we use AI? And also what's happening in the background. They have human learning and they have machine learning. So think about it on a day to day, how many applications, tools, machines, computers do you interact with on a daily basis have AI? And AI just stands for artificial intelligence. So trying to be more and more like human or human-like. So you use your phone on a daily basis. Some of you speak to your phone using Siri or using Google. Many people at home that use their Alexa or their Google devices or even their Apple devices. But there's so many other applications that we use on a daily basis that we don't really think that it's AI. You're taking a trip. Back in the day, we used to use maps and now we use, we use Google Maps, we use Apple Maps, and we interact with these tools on a daily basis, feeding information into it to get what we want out of it. So how do we benefit from this? We get information at our fingertips. We can hand off tasks to these devices, such as adding alarms in, using it for word processing by just using your voice, scheduling tasks, increasing our efficiency so spending less time on tasks and hopefully these things give us more time and save us money in some of our browsers we use tools like honey to provide us with coupons and discounts all this information that we're feeding into the system and we benefit from it which is cool you know a fair exchange you scratch ai's back and ai scratches yours but on a serious note how much are we focusing on things that are outside of our day-to-day? How is this going to impact jobs in the future? How is this going to impact our interaction with our loved ones, our friends, family, colleagues? The job that you're doing right now, could that be replaced by AI and machine learning? It doesn't necessarily have to be the robots that we're seeing in the movies that are coming to knock on our doors or threaten our lives. But the data and information that we share with these platforms will be used, will be fed, will be digested by AI. So just a couple of examples of how AI could be, temp- could be potentially taking jobs right now. So David Guetta recently created a track with lyrics that sounded just like Eminem. But interestingly enough, he didn't even have to contact Eminem on this one. He used a chat platform or an AI platform. He didn't state which one specifically it was, but it could easily be ChatGPT and asked it to write a verse in the style 
of Eminem. The model was able to then feed back a whole verse with the cadence and the descriptions and the sounds as Eminem would have done. What he did next was find another platform, another model, which then enabled him to input those lyrics into their system and then that would create the sound and the voice and the cadence of Eminem. He was then able to use that, import it into his track and then play it for audience of people. Now to him, that was great and that was fun and I'm sure everybody that was there at the event enjoyed the music, found out, felt like it was a wow point. But I wonder how Eminem felt about that. They were able to replace him at that moment in time without giving him the credit apart from mentioning him. This is the future rave sound. I'm getting lost in an underground. This is the future rave sound. I'm getting lost in an underground. Eminem, bro. There's something that I made as a joke and it works so good I could not believe it. I'm not sure if David Guetta made any money from it, but it was free promotion off the back of another artist. Now these artists are big in the industry already. So they've made their mark. They've made their money. People know who they are. But what about the up and coming artists? How will they make their money and make their mark? When we have tool sets, models that are able to create from scratch without real human interaction other than asking a question. So that was just one example. Another example I want to talk about is the Corridor Crew. Now the Corridor Crew are a group of people who have a YouTube channel and they go about creating different types of content for their audience. And in this example, they were able to create a three minute trailer of an up and coming Spider-Man movie which actually doesn't even exist. If you've ever watched the film Into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales, I've heard it's such a great movie. I've never actually watched it myself, but I've seen parts of it. And the way they've created that was with multiple different styles of visuals, mixing it from comic book to computer-aided visuals and tied it in together. Now, this film took many, many years to put together from hand drawings, from using computer-aided design, applications, photography. It took them years and years and maybe thousands of people to actually put this film together, which I'm assuming is about an hour and a half, two hours max. Now they were only tasked to create a three minute video, but from that they were able to use many AI models and platforms to create this using content that was already created by other people integrate it into their own and create something brand new from it. They also looked at the style and design of previous designers of the film and kind of made it their own. The group took just under seven days to create this and this was only four people and cost around $4,000. Something like this in the old world would have cost 20, 30 times that. But these guys were able to create it in seven days. Four guys, some computers, access to the internet. Yes, they had to have the knowledge and the skill set, but they were in a position to take from others and recreate something of their own. It was actually amazing to see it, but when we really think deeply about how that's going to impact other people, when this becomes the norm for people to take other people's information, ideas, creation, and claim it as their own, where do we stand morally? If the people that have continue to have and the people that have not who are trying to come up don't get that chance, where does society leave us then? And these are a lot of thoughts and feelings that I've thought about myself and I've watched many podcasts where 
they interview these people that have designed these models, these platforms. And many times I've seen them ask, or I've heard them ask, what's the negatives? What are the negatives that may come off the back of what you're doing? Now, during that time, they're talking about a lot of the positives, which is all great because they have a specific goal in mind, which is their own. But the downside is that I feel personally that they're not really thinking about the bigger picture, the whole of it. They're creating platforms that have bias. They don't purposely put the bias in, but the bias is coming from the data that is fed. Now, think about this. In the West, we have access to computers. We feed the data. We create news. We create articles. And most of those articles and news and information are related to our way of the world. I guess there are a lot of articles that relate to other parts of the world, but how rarely are they positive? How are they painting these people? In what light are they seen in? What's the positives that's coming out of this? These creators are not necessarily creating the bias, but they're feeding the system. And we are feeding the system with bias, naturally. It's something really deep to think about. And as much as I have been excited about technology, there is a part of me that is fearful of what's coming next. The adoption rate is going through the roof right now where everybody's trying to get peace or test or use these tools. And even though the biggest one so far that I know of is ChatGPT, there are many, 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 many more models. There are models that create images from words using other people's skills and design and creativity. At what point do we stop? Or what does creativity turn into? Chat GPT-3 is something that we've, we're getting to know right now. Been around for a little while, but they're already, already working on Chat GPT-4 or GPT-4 as it should call it. GPT-4 is learning from GPT-3 and that's what they call machine learning. One machine learning from another or learning from the data that we provide to it. And it's learning how to become better. Learning to become better than its predecessor. Learning to become better than we are. How do you feel about that? For me personally, I gotta say, I'm a little afraid. I'm not gonna lie. And the fear comes from the lack of understanding, I guess, because if they don't know where this is going, how the, am I supposed to know? They talk about there's ways of how we can manage the information flow back and forward. And there are suggestions about controls and filters, but who will be doing the controlling? Who will be adding the filters? Will they be biased in their control and their filtering? And will that distort the truth or the truth that many people may be searching for that isn't their truth? So there's many, many things, many, many points, ideas to be spoken about. And I will be touching on these areas in future podcasts. I'll be talking to people from the finance industry, from the robotics industry, from the music industry, from the beauty industry, every industry I can find somebody in, I'm gonna try my best to talk to them about it, see how they feel and see how they might approach things. So the ethics, morals and bias, who will it come from? Who is it currently coming from? Who will set the standard? Will it be you? Will it be me? Will it be governments? Will it be companies? Will it be organizations? If you're not taking the time now or you haven't taken the time to start listening to podcasts, reading news stories and trying to find out how these platforms will be impacting you, please take the time to do so. Put yourself in the best position that you can be in to take on the new challenges that are coming. Just like the virus that we've just managed to, to deal with, we should now be prepared for another one. But that was new to most of us. And just like these platforms, 
it's going to be new to you. So get to know, take the time, speak to people, share your ideas, share your thoughts, access some of the, the tools that are out there and figure out where you can fit yourself into this. It doesn't matter what age you are, what your background is, what your ethnicity is, what sex you are. It's all important for everybody. So with that said, I'll see you on the next podcast. So with that said, I'll see you on the next show. And with that said, I'll see you on the next episode of Before Skynet.